Welcome to ADHD Crash Course. Today, we're going to talk about when habits go wrong. Um, and I'm going to talk about ways that we kind of mess up when we are starting new habits, especially as people who have ADHD. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is definitely um, some of the star players that I see impacting people, making habits harder than they need to be. And let me start out by saying that when you have ADHD, habits are hard. When someone's coming to me to get coaching, we almost always are looking at developing some habits. And they're important because they help you get things done without making decisions. The thing that we spend the most energy doing is making decisions. And so if we can eliminate some of that and make it automatic, we really save energy. We can count on getting some things done. And so what a lot of people do is think, okay, habits good, habits save energy, habits get things done. And so they go about trying to make their life full of habits. And um, this can make you not like your life, right? Like with our brain types. You really have to balance having structure that supports you and then having flexibility so you can enjoy your life and live your life and not be approaching things completely out of sync with your preferences. So how do habits go wrong? The first thing that I see most often is that we want to do too much too soon. And I'm there with you. It is so frustrating, annoying to start a habit in this slow and steady way. It's not what we want. I talk about resisting the sparkle. We want the sparkle. We want the big change, the big impact, and we want to do it now. And the thing about it is you can do it all at once. It's just not likely to take root. Like let's say I am somebody who's going to be going to the gym. And I said, you know, my end goal here is I'm going an hour every day. So I start Monday going an hour on Monday, an hour on Tuesday, an hour on Wednesday. I might do that for a couple weeks, but it's not necessarily taking root because I'm doing it so quickly. What's likely to happen is two or three weeks down the road, I'm going to burn out and be done. It's kind of like planting a plant. Like if somebody gave you a potted plant and you're going to go plant it in your garden, you wouldn't just take the plant and pull it out of this pot and just lay it on the ground. You would need to dig a hole so the plant could fit in there with the dirt and its roots and be able to spread out and take root. It's not like it's going to die immediately if you just lay it on the ground outside of its pot, but it's not going to have what it needs to be stable, to be established, and to last. So like, let's take my gym example. Every time that I go to the gym, say for five minutes or 10 minutes, it's like I'm digging out a little shovel full of dirt to create room for the thing that I want to go there. That's the work I'm doing this first few weeks, month, maybe even a couple months, depending on what you're working on. I am making space for what I want to go there eventually. And we hate that. I hate that. It's boring. So, I mean, let's really think about this in terms of the implications for building a habit. Doing this slow and steady and in the way that we have learned and habit research helps it stick is going to inherently be frustrating for us. What does that mean? We're going to be working with emotional regulation when we're working with habits. Habits seem like a very dry, sequential, do this and this happens kind of thing. And it's not hardly anything (laughs) 
is one thing when we're working with our brains. And so understand that going slow might be difficult. It might feel uncomfortable. It might be frustrating. It's probably still worth approaching it that way. So you can have a habit that gets established and takes root, but be ready for your own pushback. It's okay. Like you can handle your own pushback. But this might be more of the battle to fight with yourself than upping the amount of time you're going to the gym or increasing this habit too quickly. You might have to deal with this frustration piece in order to build something that's going to last. Now, building something that's going to last, that brings me to number two. Number two reason I see that habits go wrong. This one's really true for me. When we do have an interruption in our habit, let's say we go on vacation for a week or we're sick or your child's sick, something, something that makes this new habit that you're trying to establish stop, we expect to go back to where we left off. So if I kind of built up to going to the gym five times a week for 30 minutes and I've been out of that routine for even just a week, I'm going to expect to come back from vacation, let's say, and just go back to doing that routine. And for some people, that will be fine. They'll be able to what I would consider rejoin the habit they've established. For a lot of us who struggle in this area, it's just not the case. We find ourselves really struggling to reestablish this habit. And, you know, for me, sometimes it's a habit I've had for a long time. There's very few habits that I have that are so grooved that they're always going to be part of my day. Like checking my calendar and relying on that is so grooved to me that that habit won't be hard for me to restart. That really might be the only thing I can say that about. I, I really, probably almost any other habit that I am working on will very quickly become foreign to me. And unfortunately, if you're struggling with this, it means that you probably need to go back to the first thing that we talked about going really tiny again, just like you're building a habit for the first time. And that is really annoying. I totally understand why you don't want that to be true. And maybe it's not true for you. But if you're like, man, it's week one, I'm back from this vacation and I'm going to the gym, but it doesn't happen. It's week two. I'm just, I got to get back to the gym and it's week three. You know, you know, if it's not happening for you. And if that's true, then you have permission to go back to the beginning rather than just to kind of kick yourself and be frustrated with yourself for the next three months. I believe I've mentioned this before, either in this podcast or or maybe in the group coaching program, but oftentimes we struggle with this and we think, man, I just need more discipline. I'm just really a slacker or whatever you're going to tell yourself. And this is my personal belief here. I think that some people are much more likely to be habitual people. They're drawn to the routine. It is how they're wired. That may not be you. It may not ever be you, but you can adopt the habits that really matter to you, that line up with your values, that line up with your priorities. And that's a way to get things done, but you may not be a super habitual person all the time in all things. And that brings me to number three, number three reason that habits go amok, which is we're not picky about 
what things we turn into a habit. Now I'm speaking to the habit aversive here. If you are one of the unicorns amongst us and you are great with habits, this is probably not necessary for you. But for the rest of us that really struggle with this across the board, we need to be picky about which things we invest our energy and effort into turning into habits. Habits rock. They save energy. They help you get things done. They let you rely on yourself. They're really necessary. But there are a lot of work to establish. There are a lot of work to maintain for some of us, right? And for that reason, you probably don't want too many habits. And the ones that you do decide to invest in need to be ones that have a lot of bang for their buck for you. They need to line up with your values. They need to line up with your priorities. That means you're going to have to make decisions. And sometimes that's really hard too. Deciding what the most important thing to focus on will be for you. But that saying, if everything's a priority, nothing is a priority is really applicable here. If you're not a big habit person and you try to make everything a habit, spoiler alert, nothing's going to be a habit. It's just, you're going to get discouraged and you're going to say, I don't do habits. So be picky, be selective, and as always, be compassionate with yourself. If this is hard for you, you can do it. It just might be a different pace. You might just have to rejoin your habit multiple times where somebody around you won't, and that's okay. Okay, so the last way that we see habits kind of slide and go astray is not taking advantage of friction. And I had an episode where I talked about building habits and I mentioned friction in that episode. And, you know, basically you're going to leverage friction to help you not do the thing you don't want to do, right? Add friction to doing the thing if that's something you want to stop. And make sure you're taking away friction from something that you do want to do. So let's say you want to stop scrolling on your phone at a certain hour rather than just kind of white knuckling that and setting timers that you're making a decision about doing something in your environment is often helpful that's outside of you it's external it's creating friction for some people it's one of those apps that cut you off and you have to enter certain codes or wait a certain time there's all kinds of Uh, levels of strictness with these apps. Some just absolutely shut you out. Some create more friction. The reason why for me, those apps that are like native to your phone a lot of times don't work is they don't have enough friction. If you say, hey, I want to cut off, they'll pop up and say, okay, you're cut off, but do you want more time? You're like, sure, press the button. What works a lot better is an app that makes you go through a couple steps. Not that you can't do them. That's not what adding friction is about unless you want it to be that firm, right? But adding friction can make you move out of the automatic zone into the decision-making zone. So let's say I want to stop scrolling and I have the app that lets me know that it's time to, you know, my time is up and I have several steps to ignore it. I have got to enter in certain things and find certain screens to be able to say, no, I want this much more time. That buys me enough time that I'm not hitting an automatic, yeah, keep going, yeah, keep going, yeah, keep going without really making decision that that's what I'm doing with my time. It's always your decision. But adding friction can ensure that you're actually making a decision. You're not having an automatic reaction. And sometimes it's just not worth it, right? Like if there's a lot of friction around a behavior, sometimes we're like, ah, whatever. So you want to Alter your environment in whatever ways you can so there is friction around what you want to stop. 
and that you're removing friction around the, the behaviors you want, the habits you want. If my, It's important to me that I'm going to the gym and I know I've got to get up at 5.30 in order to make that work. I want to remove any possible friction in my morning. I want clothes ready. I want my water bottle ready. I want to make sure my husband's car is not parked behind my car because if it is the beginning of this habit, and I'm getting up and I go out there and I see his car there. I might just say, forget about it. I'm back in bed. It's not automatic yet. It's a decision and it's a hard decision if it's a habit I'm struggling with. So I want to think ahead and just eliminate any possible friction that's going to get in my way of doing the habit. So that is the last thing that we don't always think about when we're trying to set up ourselves for success with habits is use friction. Use it in the positive sense and the negative sense. Take that pressure off of decision-making you, especially in the beginning of a habit because it's a time where you're more vulnerable. You don't need the extra load. You don't need the extra friction. You want it to be easy. And kind of a point that ties into this point about friction and using friction is finding ways to conserve energy in general when you're building a habit. If you want to do something in a way that's a little different in order to not use so much of your energy to build a habit, go for it. Go for it. You want to protect your energy kind of always with ADHD, but especially when you know you're doing something that is inherently difficult for you. So don't make yourself work any harder than you need to. If you're somebody who knows that an accountability partner or some kind of a workout buddy might help you get to the gym, do that. If you know a class and signing up for a class makes you more likely to start that habit, go for it. Do whatever you can that's supportive, that reinforces you so you don't have to work quite as hard to establish this. Another personal example, I keep using the gym because that's where I'm struggling lately is trying to go to the gym when I really don't want to. That's so boring. But anyhow, a non-gym example is I have been wanting to study Italian and learn the language. And so like a reasonable yet for me, high energy method to build this habit would be deciding I am going to sit with my grammar book 30 minutes a day and study Italian. There's nothing wrong with doing it that way. There's plenty of habits that I do approach that way. But with this Italian habit, I have a way of doing this that is lower energy for me. This won't be true for everyone, but for me, it is lower energy. And it is making plans with my Italian friend who is a very habitual person. She's an upholder, like the ultimate upholder. I know that she's coming over and that we are going to practice the language. It motivates me to kind of do it at different times in the week. But the actual habit that I kind of protect is that time with her. Now, this isn't necessarily the way most people would approach this. My level of Italian does not fit a language exchange right now. It's very basic. Um, But I know my brain and I know what works for me and I know my energy budget and I'm having to spend energy on other habits that are taking a lot of energy. So again, this is something that I want to do and do it more habitually, but I have made it easier on myself. I've lessened the energy by making some of that commitment outside of myself. Little out of the box, because like I said, objectively, if you looked at my level of Italian, it is not language exchange ready, but my friend's awesome and doesn't care. And so this is the way that I'm choosing to conserve my energy, but still move forward on a habit that is important to me. So this is the end of the episode on how habits go wrong and what we can do about that. Thanks for joining me today and I will see you next time. 
So I have a quick update about my group coaching program, which is changing to a membership in a few months. I've always enjoyed doing my group coaching program. We've moved through like a cohort eight weeks to 10 weeks together, just really digging deep. And I've had people continue to ask for what's next. You know, I want to continue to do this, continue to have support, maybe not as intensely. And so we are working on creating a membership program and it's going to have webinars, seminars, course components of it, as well as live coaching, like group coaching sessions and a community. And I'm really excited about doing this and rolling this out. It's going to be happening in a few months. So we, it's not ready to go yet, but if you're interested in learning more about that, there is a link I'm going to include in the show notes that you can be added on to the wait list of just people who are going to hear about it when it's live and get more information when it is ready, exactly what's going to be included and the rates and all of that. So if you're interested, click on that, be added to the list. You will not be hounded or harassed. You'll just be updated when it's ready, which should be late spring of 24. So if you're interested, follow that link and add yourself onto the waiting list and you will be updated.